Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Mm. This conversation is going to be so juicy because we have no idea what we're going to talk about. And of course, we have a million things to talk about. So So many things. I'm so ready. Uh, Courtney and I are in the Bad Bitch Mastermind, which is like, you know, a string of new podcast episodes from the delicious coaches in there. Uh, So that is how we've gotten to know each other. Um, you're definitely going to want to follow Courtney's Instagram. I don't, are, do you, t- you TikTok, don't you? I used to TikTok. I don't TikTok. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm an early adopter. So I was on TikTok. I, yeah, I, I yeah, still yeah. have a thing. I did yeah. it like two years ago and now I go on there for trends sometimes. Yeah. To- well, I'm going to say, follow her in Instagram. Yeah. And so are fun. you on TikTok? Not really. Kind of, sort of. Every once in a while I drop a Usually I just steal a reel from my Instagram and put it in TikTok and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I love Instagram so much and adding another platform every once in a while I'll dabble in like, let me add TikTok or Twitter. And then I'm like, nope, nope. Back to my basics. Back to Wait, my you Instagram. You have your podcast, right? Like I'm like, I have Instagram, which I love it's a playground. I think it's so much fun. It's easy. Right. And you can just like be creative. It's awesome. Right. And then podcasting obvi is such a great, I think, personalized way that you can, right. My whole thing is like, I don't like to do anything that I don't personally love to consume. So I'm not, I don't want to create on it. So it's why like I have an email list. You can join it. But I'm not, I, I, right. It's, it's, I put on there, right. It's sporadic emails. When I send them, it's amazing. But we were talking about this before we went on here. I don't love to receive emails. Me either. Therefore I don't want to be right. Even though I'm sure my emails are like, they're like, Oh, Courtney sent me an email. That's great. I'm just, yeah. I think being an integrity is something that I think it's really important. We're social media people. It's fantastic. So we haven't even said your full name. Um, Today's guest is Courtney Love Gavin. And there were a bunch of reasons that we felt like a podcast episode would be useful to you all. Um, And as the title will suggest, I think imposter syndrome is the top of the list. So Before we start talking about that and your expertise and how that can serve my audience, introduce yourself in whatever way feels good for this podcast today. Okay. My name is Courtney Love Gavin, also known as CLG, it's just easier with the acronyms, which I absolutely adore. Um, I am, I think it's, it's okay. So I, I, I'm not, I, I just was coaching my clients on you are not what you do, but I think it's so interesting that when we introduce ourselves, we usually start with what our occupation is. Yeah. So 
which I will do just for context because <laughs> people could be like, is she a veterinarian? Who knows? <laughs> I've had right? a veterinarian on the show. I, I, yeah, I was just thinking, <laughs> oh, it'd be so cool if I were a zoologist because um, I love animals. But I am a master life coach and I playfully say I'm a neuroplastician because of neuroplasticity. Um, I came out of the life coaching closet in late uh, 2020. And before that, I, I actually had a turn as a creative entrepreneur. Uh, who's that housewife? If you are into Real Housewives or Bravo, then you're probably aware of that. And, but before that, I spent almost two decades in corporate doing uh, public public relations. Yeah. And what else is important for your audience to know? I'm a third generation Californian. And mm. speaking of imposter syndrome, I do sound like a Californian. And so the liberal use of the word like is, is just like a Southerner who well, says- Well, I'm from Massachusetts and I'll probably use it 10 times in this call, so. Well, <laughs> it's perfect. People can play a drinking game. Um, <laughs> if, yes, if you do that. And I am so delighted yeah. to, I know, I feel like everyone says that on like a podcast, like who is actually going to be on the podcast and be like, I'm pissed. I so, Why um, am I here? Yeah. To be here with you. But no, I, speaking of like stretching ourselves, um, because I, I don't think, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Amanda, but before we were in our current online girl gang together yeah. or yeah. women gang, I should yeah. say, being feminist. Um, I, 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 you had come up on my radar. Like, oh, look at that. And I just thought that your, your niche or what you did was so um, interesting mm. because you don't see a lot of people no, you do like, not. right. Doing that. And I'm always the way that my brain works yeah. is I'm always, I'll look at things and I'm like, Oh, that would be such a, like such an interesting niche. Right. Like just yeah. for these, um, these pivotal moments yeah. that happen in life that a lot of times there is, um, I can just speak to America where we live, right. That there is just this socialized conditioning yeah. and, um, it's something that we don't talk about. And I'm someone where I'm like, let's talk about it because shame lives in the dark. So yeah. if the more that we can bring that into light and just like normalize that we are all humans and that we all have these various experiences that we go through and that they're all, uh, they're, they're all valuable and meaningful, yeah. you know, to, to us. And I think that that is partially what, well, you, you know more than I do, right? But that's partially- Do I? I? <laughs> what, maybe. Actually, guys, we have an announcement. So we're going to switch places on podcasts for the next month. And we'll see. It'll be a blast. It'll be a blast. Courtney, love abortion coaching. <laughs> yes. I mean, it just, I mean, Amanda Starr, come on now. I know. We, we make a good match. Maybe we should team up for something. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Shame lives in the dark. And I, what I love that you just said is we are all humans and abortion is literally affecting one in four humans. Some many, in most cases, multiple times. And yeah. we're not talking about it. And it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But now we are talking about it. And um, lots of people listen to my podcast and find my work. And so 
we're doing it. Like you showing up here and having this conversation is a part of the work. So let's dig in. Let's talk about imposter syndrome because I, and I'm sure as the podcast carries on, I'm going to start seeing more and more places that it shows up. The first place is interesting because I'm going to ask for your professional advice, but you're not going to know the feeling as a human being, which is, I think, one place that imposter syndrome shows up quickly is for those of us who have abortions as moms, right? Mm -hmm. We're already a mother and we have this unplanned or unhealthy pregnancy. And now we have to choose not to carry on one of our children's lives. Like that's what it feels like. I know it doesn't feel like that for every single listener, but there's this identity, this like breakdown in that identity of how could I, how, so you said earlier, one of the first things we'd introduce ourselves as is our profession. Mm-hmm. One of the first things we introduce ourselves is I'm a mom. Yeah. Like, how many times have you been in a conversation and somebody's like, I'm a mom. Yeah. And so what happens is we find ourselves in these situations where we choose abortion and then we go to say those words and we're like, am I like, what kind of mom makes that choice? We all know the answer because we've done it, mm-hmm. but I think the identity shift there um, to I'm a mom and I'm a mom who chose abortion can create this sense of imposter syndrome as I understand it. So, okay. What would I like you to do? I would like you to introduce your definition of imposter syndrome and then maybe play with how you think that might apply. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Uh, genuinely. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I, I think at the core, when it comes to imposter syndrome, is there is this feeling of it not being safe, like un- underneath it. Mm. And these identities that we have not necessarily chosen for ourselves, but have gotten us through to like, has basically kept us safe, right? Kept us loved, kept us accepted. And what there's that point, like what you just talked about, right? Where you make a decision for yourself, or maybe you're on the cusp of a decision for yourself. And there is this internalized, um, I wouldn't even say fear because it's, I always say like, you can't think your way out of imposter syndrome because it is something that is on such a visceral level. Mm -hmm. And especially as I would assume most of your listeners are women or identify as women in some way. And I work with women and, and other marginalized, uh, populations. And because of that, if you study like epigenetics, like even if you're in your mind, you're like, oh, it doesn't necessarily make sense, right? For me to be feeling a certain way or for me to have this fear or for me to be questioning, I know that I'm a mom. So why am I, why am I making that uh, mean something about myself that there are all of these other factors that like come into this 
feeling of imposter syndrome. I also, I mean, my honest definition of it, which some people are like, is it's internalized oppression in mm. a way that we pick up and imposter syndrome is one of the ways that it, it comes up. And I have strong, well, I have very strong feelings about it because it is something that was invented in the 1970s. They only studied white people when they did this survey. And so it really didn't take into, and even women, and that was a time for women where like we, if we got pregnant at work, we could have lost our job. So yeah, I would imagine there is some sort of fear or, oh, I'm a high achiever, but I still get nervous speaking up at work. Well, no shit, Sherlock, yeah, right? right? We're not, we're, we, when that was, and then since then, it is something that has been pathologized towards women and other minorities in that, yeah, like the way that I look at it is that it is not like diabetes. It is not something that you need to manage. It is something that we can dissolve like mm, permanently. I love that word. Yeah. Because it, it's healing, right? Like if it's something mm-hmm. within you, you don't want to have that adversarial relationship because we know growth, like you can try and self-hate your way to, to growth. I did that for so long. I'm telling you, it doesn't work. If it worked, I'd be like, Hey, <laughs> I know the solution. Just yeah. beat on yourself. <laughs> yeah. So that's like my, my definition. Yeah. I of- love the word dissolve in particular because it, it, no one thinks of something dissolving in like a second, like it's a process. It's a breaking mm-hmm. down. It's a shifting of state. Like, I love that word. Such a good Thank word. you. You can take it. No. And I think it's important too, because like the work that I do is permanently dissolving imposter syndrome, which means mm-hmm. that we go to the root of the root and I'm not here for band-aid microwave. Let's just bury it things because as we know, it, it's, it, it continues to pop up and it is not like imposter syndrome is not an occupational hazard yeah. for making choices in your life that other people might not agree with for, um, stretching yourself, you know, for saying, saying the hard things that like other people aren't saying. And I I think that it really starts with us saying, Hey, it's okay that, that we feel this way and that we're having these things, but also let's solve it, right? Let's create that safety within ourselves, right? Let's make it safe, like what we're doing here for people to have open conversations about this. And that when we, I like to think of it, I live in Los Angeles and there is this light installation in front of LACMA. Do you know what I'm talking about? If you've seen- No idea. If you've seen the movie, I'll send a photo later. If you've seen (laughs) the movie, 500 Days of Summer. No. Oh, Okay. There is a scene in front of it, but it's all of these like old fashioned street lights. Okay. And someone's going to be like, they're this kind of lighting. Um, <laughs> but the way that I like to look at it is that we are all lights, sort of for each other. So as we get this information mm. and we're able to be like, Hey, so imposter syndrome, isn't something that you need to manage. It's not something that you need to be ashamed of. And it's not something that you need to accept right? Mm. It's something that you have the power to actually change. And, and once each one of us do that, then right, then subconsciously, we create that safety for each other to have these, have these conversations. Mm. 
you um when you mentioned like not that long ago if you got pregnant at work you were at risk of losing your job and so mm -hmm. i i was on a call with a client yesterday and we were recognizing all these places that our bodies are still like cellularly generationally programmed with beliefs that make imposter syndrome seem like a real thing right like wait a second, if I get pregnant and lose my job, am I an imposter as a woman who's supposed to be a mother? Or am I an imposter in a career that I never really belonged in because I'm a woman? Like so many layers of what that can build up. And so that's, I think that's why I loved when you said dissolve so much, because it is real. Like that feeling in you is real. Like not that long ago, a pregnancy was a threat, like a threat to your well-being, your voice in the world. Yeah, so your survival. Course, yeah. Your livelihood. Yeah. It, it, it genuinely like was. Uh-huh. And so of course you're feeling what you're feeling around it. Yeah. Yeah. And Some I other things. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I, okay. I just wanted to go back to your thing about being a mom. Yeah. Having that. Yes. Go. And so the way that I look at that is that when the, you get to redefine what a definition of being a mother is. Oh, so good. So good. For, for yourself. And the way that I look at, like, I, I look at, I jokingly with my clients will say I'm an adversity alchemist yes. and because I've faced a lot of adversity in my own life personally, and all of my clients have as well, which I think make us warriors right? Yeah. Like people yeah. that like the Phoenix that rises up right from, from the ashes and are all of the problems that we face, right? Maybe like it's a problem that I'm a mom and I decided to complete this pregnancy mm -hmm. instead of continue with it. Because I personally believe the word abortion is just very charged in general, Yeah, right? Yeah. Like when we talk about coaching clients, we're not like, so am I going to abort them? <laughs> No. Yeah, it is very charged. Right? Yeah. It's pretty, I'm not that we're, yeah. So when you decide to do that as a mother, I think like, whoa, right? Like I'm really responsible, right? Like yeah. I made a tough decision, mm. right? A tough decision that a lot of people don't make, mm -hmm. right? And I've worked a lot with the foster system and the things that they don't talk about, right? Yeah. There's all these things that like new babies are great. And personally, I'm like, how about we take care of the children that are already, that are already here that yeah. are, that we, we don't like to look at that, right? We don't like to necessarily talk about that or human trafficking or, you know, these other things that are, that are happening. And so for you, when you were saying like, I'm already a mother and I decided to do this, I would look at that as far as imposter syndrome, like, okay, right. Yeah. I'm doing something different, but like, like how, how is this like really what, when I think of a mother, I think of someone who is just so nurturing and is protective and is brave. Right. And it's just this beautiful dichotomy of being soft and loving, mm. but also being fierce as fuck. Totally. <laughs> I love it. Well, two things that came to me are, um, uh, 
a set of words that can be useful in redefining that definition is just reminding yourself moms have abortions. Yeah. You don't even have to make it personal. Just like, remember moms have abortions. And so if I'm a mom, I could fit into that category and it would make sense. Like can even be other moms have abortions if you're still making the decision, right? Like, okay, other moms do this. Maybe I'm not such a freak if I make this choice. So I think those words can be helpful. Moms have abortions. And then another one that I think could be helpful is I had an abortion because I'm a mom. Yes. And that's where you're talking about like the fierceness and the strength. And that actually feels really true for me and my story. Like, um, I have a, I have a client and I think it's in my book somewhere. Anyway, she always said, um, abortion is how I parented that child. I love Which is like so powerful and so not what we're used to hearing. But um, those are some ways you start to redefine what being a mom is. I think abortions are an opportunity for us to start redefining what we've believed all this time. Yeah. And for, you know, for you and your clients and for them to be able to have a conversation, right. To sort of like neuro normalize that and to say, right. Moms have abortions. I know several of my good friends are moms. They've Mm -hmm. had abortions Mm -hmm. and it's not right. It it doesn't make you, I think it, yeah. Like I think a lot of it goes back to like this puritanical Yes. sort of like black and white patriarchal society. Totally. Of, right. It's like, well, you're going to be a virgin until you get married. And yeah. then you're, you know, and it's, it's just like, that's not the world. I mean, if that is what you want for yourself, mazel, right? Like right. go on with your bad self. I'm about, you yeah. can do whatever you want to do as a consenting adult. But I think that where it fucks us Sorry, I don't even know if we're allowed to say oh, that. Oh, yeah, we are. Okay. Uh, well, then I'm going to bring, no. <laughs> where, where, yeah, where it really drags us down is then when we, there are one in four, at least, right? At least. Those are yeah. the ones that are like going in the dark, like that are like, that we know of, mm-hmm. right? And that that's huge. So yeah. why, but the yeah. conversation is not, you know, that there's that inequality that is there. So that's why, like you said, feeling like a freak, it's like, actually, you're not a freak. Yeah. Yeah. You said the word puritanical and that brought me to another note I had taken earlier, which is like a lot of people feel like an imposter feminist because they've had these feminist values their whole life. And they've had this and I'll, I'll lump it together, but we could also break it apart they've identified as Mm pro-choice, then they choose abortion and they have really mixed feelings about it. Some have regret, some have grief, some have shame, and they're not supposed to have all those things because they're a feminist. (laughs) And so now they feel like an imposter feminist, like a good feminist wouldn't be sad about her abortion. A good feminist would be empowered. And so that's another place imposter syndrome syndrome shows up for my clients is they're like, oh shit, like I, am I a good feminist anymore? If I feel sad, like, of course you are, but you don't feel that way 
because you were you were like living into these very like boxed in narratives yeah right and like that comes back to the redefining like oh maybe I need to redefine my definition of mom and my definition of feminist like it's okay if I'm sad that doesn't mean I'm a bad feminist. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, I identify as a sex positive feminist, also mm-hmm. pro, pro-choice. pro um, And I'll bring this in because I think it's relevant, but I also identify as a Catholic and I- I'm Redefine very, your definition of Catholic. Right, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I'm very spiritual. Catholicism was the religion that I was raised in and I've explored all the religions and I found here I in uh I live in Santa Monica St. Monica's is so progressive Mm. and just welcoming and I mean we have like we like an LGBTQ like meetings and group and it is just it's so beautiful that I'm and this community that I'm part of has really changed like my my definition of that I don't go around and ask them what are your thoughts on abortion right I don't make myself wrong for that I just decide that religion is a personal right Mm -hmm. it's a very it's like it's a personal relationship that I have with the community and I can still decide and say that I'm, that I'm Catholic. Right. And also say that I a hundred percent believe in abortion and that isn't, you know, with each other. And I think that, but a lot of people could say, right. That I'm not a good Catholic. Right. Yes, exactly. That I'm not that. Yeah. Imposter Christian too is like, I'll just say (laughs) Christian because like your, you know, your identification is as Catholic, but I do think Christianity mm-hmm. as a whole, yeah, like a good Christian doesn't have an abortion. I just had an abortion, whether for by ch- like um, elective choice, lifestyle, whatever, or medical reasons. Now what? Am I an imposter Christian? No, I just need to redefine what yeah. a good Christian is for me. Like, yeah. I also, I'll tell my clients sometimes it's an opportunity to reorient yourself with that relationship Mm, that that you, that you have with, with whoever it is, with your children, with your spouse, with your community, with your feminism. I mean, I think like what we're talking about here and where imposter syndrome can sort of show up. And I think especially for women is that there's this like veneer sort of like shiny, right? Like, oh, I'm going to be a feminist. And that means that I'm pro-choice, but this is with anything, right? Hello, you're human. You're not a robot. So there's one thing to believe something in theory, completely different when you're actually in the game, right? When you're on the field of life and you're playing it. And it's like, it would be almost like just I'm, for some reason, what's coming up for me is soccer. And like, you watched all the YouTube videos and you read all the books and you're like, yeah, I'm into soccer. Right. And then you get out there on the field and you have this rash, like all over your legs or something. And it like, it turns out that you're very allergic to the grass that is on the field and your coordination is not quite what you thought that it was. Don't have any shame about that in terms of like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm having this, I'm, ha- I'm having a very human, I'm having a very human moment and like, 
and one of my favorite like coaching things on the end and that's okay yeah no, me like too yeah you, that I'm, that's okay and it doesn't make you a bad feminist and if anything if you're feeling that way i always feel this way i'm i'm like there's probably at least minimum 10,000 people that are feeling the exact same way that you are yeah. in the world, probably even a mm-hmm. hundred thousand, mm-hmm. right? We're almost at 8 billion as a population. <laughs> Definitely. Right. <laughs> right. So if you're feeling that way, mm-hmm. we just might yeah. not hear about it. So- I just did a reel about this yesterday or the day before it, because somebody had said, um, I said, what do you think you're the only one of, or I don't remember now I'm gonna have to link to the reel, but she said, I'm the only one who regrets my abortion and is still pro-choice. And I was like, yep, that, that needs to be made into a video because no, just like Courtney said, there's, a, there's at least a hundred thousand people at who, least who feel that way. At least yeah. I, I promise you. And who are in your same situation, right? Mm-hmm. If it's like, oh, my family doesn't agree with this decision or uh, like whether or not you want to, i how your partner feels about it, right? Whether it's a mm-hmm. discussion that you want to, if you're a mother, if it's a discussion that you, when, and if you want to have that with your, with your children, with your, with your friends, with like, it's just a very, I think with anything, it's a very, there's no right way to do it. There's also no wrong way to do it. It's also yeah. why we've connected on human design before. It's why I love human design because what they talk about is it's just about what's correct. And correct is what is correct for you mm-hmm. at that time. And, yeah. and what is correct can change. Yeah. So I feel like it really just opens it up to like, yeah, it's okay for me to feel this way. It's okay for me to feel shame. It's okay yeah. for me. Of course, uh, right. Of course you feel like you're alone because a hundred thousand people aren't talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Or even you, I'm alone because I haven't oriented myself to this conversation, right? It's like when you buy a red car and all you see is like the red Toyota Prius, right? Like, (laughs) oh wait, there were others on the road. I thought I was the only one, right? If abortion hasn't been on your mind, other than a political association or religious belief, like you're not looking for it. Like you're not seeing the conversations about it. So sometimes I think we do, um, we forget that there actually is a lot of conversation out there about abortion that is positive. We're just not looking for it. And so they see the new, like Fox news, whatever, you know? Yeah. And and maybe (laughs) the communities that you're in, right? Like your social circle, whatever, they're not, but I mean, they're, we're so lucky that we have, we have the internet. And I also think that, uh, tell me, if, if you've experienced this, but it's sometimes there are this, like, has it, they can't see it, but I'm like putting my arm out on the zoom. Is there like this, um, almost like hesitation or sort of like, Oh, I don't, I'm not, I don't really want to look at that when it comes to like being in community with other people that have, that have experienced like a resistance to community. Yeah. I mean, I'll just be, okay. I'll speak from yeah. like my, my yeah. own experience. So I, I don't, I hate the word survivor by the way, but like, I, I am an adult who lived through a childhood mm-hmm. of abuse and sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. 
And that was something that didn't come into my consciousness really until my early Mm thirties. And like, I always knew it was there and it turns out very normal. um, Then it wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. That, that like, right. Because like, I knew that it was happening when it was happening, but there was so many other things that were like happening that it was like, okay, I'm just putting this in my mind castle and it's going away. Right. And I, and I really didn't think that it was affecting me at all. Right. Yes. Yes. yes, And I had so much, and it was because of my own internalized depression. Right. Mm -hmm. And the different form of imposter syndrome where I just thought like, I couldn't even look at that because putting that identity on myself, right. Identifying in that way was just like, it, 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 like, fuck what other people are going to think about me. It was what I was going to think about me and, and, and what that, and you know, what that meant. And in the past several years, that has been my own, you know, deep work that dissolving and evolving to be able to, um, talk about that. It has made some of my personal relationships like with family and things like that. They've had different opinions. They've had, you know, because it can be uncomfortable for some people when you are living in your truth. Sure. Yeah. And so that's why I was asking about your That was really helpful. And what happened to you shouldn't. Again, what does that mean? It does happen. (laughs) So we know that it's part of humanity, but like, and you know, it's not we, talked about. It's yeah. similar. The numbers are a little bit higher, mm-hmm. but yeah. it, it, it is. And uh, there yeah. also is a very big correlation with that too, where a lot of times there are, um, yeah, pregnancies. Unintended that, pregnancies yeah. from, that, from abuse. That yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so like, I, I don't even want to say, I'm sorry you went through that because what it, this, I don't know. It just is like, don't, does not feel like good words in my mouth. I am sorry. I wouldn't wish that on anyone, but it's your story and it's what made you who you are. And here you are. So I'm all for that, <laughs> who you yeah. are. But I, so I appreciate you bringing up as an analogy, because I think it's very accurate, very accurate. And, um, I think that there's a few places that relates like my clients often come to me afraid that if they look at the abortion box, they'll mm-hmm. get stuck in it, right? If I look at the abuse box, I'll get stuck in it. Yeah, I'll drown. Yeah, right? or I'll, like I'll be under the swept under the ocean and I'll never be able yes. to come up for air. Yeah, or like why would I want to sit in a room of other survivors, whatever, again, yeah. however we want to use yeah. the word. Yeah why would I want to sit in a room with all those people who've been abused or all those people who've had abortions? Like that's the identity I'm running away from. So all those things feel like there's probably so many similarities. So thank you for explaining that. That's really helpful, really helpful. And you, so I'll let you carry that forward. Why would you want to sit in the room? Why would you want to talk about it? Why would you want to unbox it? Yeah. Well, I first just want to say, if you're feeling that way, it's okay. I think yeah. that making ourselves wrong for feeling that way. And because I'm someone where I naturally usually will take the toughest route, not on, on, on purpose, channel of struggle in my human design. And so I just want to say that if you are feeling resistance and that I don't want to look at that, I don't want to drown at that. Like, okay. Okay. That's where you're at right now. I was, I was in that place for a long time. Yeah. And I, I would say why you would is because it, 
what you, what you are running from, right. Until you own it, it owns you. Mm, that's such a good way such a good way to say it Mm -hmm. yeah in ways that you you you, we really don't understand like I I I continue to see more and more ways and we are not we are human beings right we're multifaceted Mm -hmm. and there is no such thing as compartmentalization when it comes to your unconscious and when it comes to your subconscious yeah and being in the, like what I found was, oh my gosh, like I'm not weird. Like mm-hmm. there, there were so mm-hmm. many things that I thought were, um, that I shamed myself for because like, it, like it was, um, someone living in my home that had, uh, that the sexual abuse came from. Mm-hmm. And I thought, thought like, oh, that that's even more gross, right? Like those sort of labels that we put on ourselves and then finding out that, oh no, that's actually 50% mm-hmm. of people that that happens to. And I didn't say anything, right? Cause I, I was scared. I, I was scared yeah. and that, and I froze and I thought in my adult mind, right? I was making my child version of me wrong for all those things. And so being able to be in a community made it that it really illuminated like, oh no, actually, right? Like your one client you did the reel about, oh no, actually this is, this is a hundred percent normal. And, and it, it made me so much more okay, like with, with myself. And it, like, it illuminated all of these other things Mm -hmm. that then I realized like, oh, this can actually be like really powerful. And I would imagine it's the same way for your clients with abortion, the way that I, when I, when I choose to talk about this, I get a lot of messages from people that say, Hey, I went through that too. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're not necessarily, you know, talking about it, or I I think that you're so brave or, you know, this and with anything, I think that like, when we don't talk about it, it just perpetuates it. It gives it more, it, it gives it more power and everyone needs to do their own, you know, work. We are more like public figures. So yeah. like us talking about it, I don't think that like, it's not like get on my level. Right. <laughs> right. Not, I know I, I'm always careful. I'm like, you don't all need to talk about abortion every day. Just do, just do your work, your, yeah. healing, your growth. Like, exactly. <laughs> it, yes. It, yes, it, exactly. And yeah. also know that it's taken, this is the result of a lot of deep, yeah. of, of yeah. deep work and it's, and it changes, right? Yeah. Like I, right. Like it, I think that's the other thing, just because maybe you got to a place and let's say you feel, you decide you feel empowered by your abortion. Mm-hmm. It's okay. If the next day, Thursday night, totally, you're in the fucking depths of despair about it. And you're yes. like, Oh, right. Or you feel an injustice or like everything like that. Like, it's okay to yeah. have those, to have those, you know, uh, ups and downs. I think the difference is and why we're, why it is so beneficial is that you're able to build that resilience within yourself Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you're also able to have that inner architecture and capacity that you can 
you can look at it and man, how strong are you? Right. Like fuck character building. I'm like, I don't need any more of that. Right. Building, right. But like, I look at like problems are like these portals that we yes, have. That's what ourselves. I always say. Really? Yes. Yes. I'm like, abortion is just the door you walk through. And it's not even like, a door. Like you, I, like, I, I played Mario yeah. growing up. I know. But you know how we had those cactuses or those Venus fly traps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, you jump on it and then mm-hmm. that portal, you get mm-hmm. to go down and it's like this really cool mm-hmm. world where there's all these coins. Yeah. And- well, my um, client thing is called the portal. Like <laughs> you go into the portal and you get all the goodies and then you learn how amazing you are and how much your abortion can, can help you. Um, yeah. But I love that. I love that. I agree with you. It is a portal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it mm-hmm. is. And for you to be able to, it's everyone's their, you know, their, their own journey. And I just yep. think that anyone yep. that is one of your clients, one of my clients that is like doing this work, like we are the early adopters and that even just being willing to have a conversation about it, right. Follow your Instagram, like yep. it, right. To do that. It's like, it, it helps. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot about all the people who have, who, who watch, listen, read my work, but don't follow my page or hit like, because they don't want to be the one who followed the abortion page, the one who liked the post, right? Like something you just said made me think of that, but like, it's okay if that's where you are too. Like just wherever you are on the journey, it's totally okay. Totally yeah. okay. And not, not make, and just being there with it. And mm-hmm. I say this mm-hmm. to someone like, man, I don't know if you've done this, but I like, I resisted it. So like kicking and screaming, like I have like post-its all over my house. And one of them is like, be here right now. Mm-hmm. Like, just like yeah. Yeah. be here with, with where you're at and make that okay. And take away the should right? Like yeah. I shouldn't feel this way. Right? I should be there or I should be able to follow her page and not care yeah. what all these other people think about me. Well, you know, actually you shouldn't because yeah, you don't exactly. feel that comfortable yet. And that's I loved, okay. I loved when you said neuronormalize because normalize can also be kind of annoying, an annoying word, but oftentimes when we think about normalizing something, we think about normalizing it intellectually. And when you said neuronormalize a while ago, that's when you like tend to your nervous system, you rewire and create that resilience. You def- learn to default back to compassion. Like I just looks like a, a layer of normalizing that I'm very into. So I like, yeah, that. <laughs> I, well, I think it's important because yeah. I lived from the neck above mm-hmm. for so long yeah. and it's not a mindy thing. I think that yeah. as mm-hmm. I imagine everyone who listens to this podcast is smart AF yeah, and that is a way that our minds can really fuck us over because yeah. we're like, intellectually, I understand this logically. Totally. I get this. I know, yes. I, know. I know. And it's like, actually, you don't know because there's a part of you or things inside that aren't necessarily on board with that. And that's why you have the fear of a thousand rattlesnakes, right? When it comes to doing these things. And so whatever, right, what practices you, we can bring in to goes back to that, like felt sense of safety, because I mean, we can write affirmations till our fingers fall off, but that's not going to 
like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you can vote pro-choice, uh, you know, a hundred times and you can say I'm pro-choice, but if you haven't, if you don't believe that on a neurological level, it's going to fuck with you. (laughs) It will show you, right. It like, it will show you like Uh with your clients that are, I'm a feminist and I'm pro-choice, but I got an abortion. Yeah. And now now I'm, yeah. Yeah. And now these other things are sort of coming. Now I have shame where, how's that make sense? It doesn't match my intellectual story. That's because you have to bring it down into your body and recreate the pathways that actually believe it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think yeah. that 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 you said something else but I didn't write it down. It'll come back to me. Okay, well, I wrote down two things earlier. You also said reorient yourself with that relationship. I think that is that is the portal that things like uh abuse or abortion allow us invite us to do is to reorient ourselves with all the relationships in our lives to people, to things, to ideas, to places. Like it's an opportunity for us to explore more. And then also I think what I added after that was like expand your relationship with whatever it is, the person, the belief, the place, the idea. Um, And I, I just think that these things that happen to us that throw us off our track a little bit are just invitations to do that work. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I love that you said expand because that, Mm -hmm. yeah, like it, it it is instead of shrink or. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes expanding your relationship with something is like, I hate you and I love you. And the expansiveness is just allowing for all of it. Right. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Versus like, I have to redefine my love for you because I also have this hate. It's like, no, I'm just going to make the space bigger, big enough to hold all of it. Yeah. Like everyone can get in the car. I love that you said that because I have a love hate, right. Relationship with like my abuse. Yeah. Yeah. But I've made room for both of it. Right. I can look at it. I don't loathe it. I don't wish it upon anyone, but there are a lot of times that because things are more difficult, right. Or are more challenging or intellectually, I'm like, I should be able like to like to do this, or I don't love that. I'm startled right as easily. And, but letting both right of the space and then also finding the, okay, well, I'm still here for a reason. Right. So I'm going to choose to, you know, to, to love this, but I don't have to pretend that. Yeah. Right. I don't have to pretend. Yeah. Some things are reminding me of the beginning of the pandemic when everyone who had um, existing anxiety and then later existing depression was like, now y'all know how we feel. We're fine. We're not freaking out because we already learned how to manage anxiety. <laughs> like, yes. We are prepped and ready. <laughs> yes. And it was like this place where like, oh, that anxiety like actually did serve you entering a pandemic because you got, you have the tools, you know how to do the work. The rest of us are like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And you're all like, we're good. We're good. I <laughs> totally had that. Reverts were like, mm-hmm, this, this is 
I'm good. I know how to manage this. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's like, yeah, it, everything is a gift and a curse and you just have to like expand our relationships with all of it. Yeah. And being able to hold that paradox. Hold it all. I think in our society, right. It's been very much black or white, right. Yeah. You either love yeah. this or you hate this. You either accept it and it's the best thing in the world or it's whatever. But I would, I would, same thing, right. With like being a mom, it's like, yeah, you can love your kid. You don't like them all the time. Right. No. And if you do, then like, you probably need a psychological evaluation for that. <laughs> yeah. There are some, there are mother of dogs, right. There are some times that I really think I'm like, I could just tie you to a tree right now. Right. <laughs> and like, like I, and I'll go through it like in my head and I'm like, I reorient, I reorient myself with that relationship. And I'm like, yeah. actually, I love you, but there are some times where it's like, yeah. Right. Yeah. But it, yeah. But it, and you, you can have allow it all to coexist yeah. with it, with, with each other. And yeah, how much, like, I, I look at it like your um, weightlifting or something when, when you um, decide to go into the portal, as you say, yeah, you have your endurance, right? Just get so much higher. And that like muscle memory that you have that it really makes it so that others like think about it. I would think any of your clients, right. That they, they decide to get an abortion more than one, whatever. Right. Strong AF, right. Like I think all these other little things, right. It's yeah. like, Oh, nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Coworker gives me this look, right. Mother-in-law it's like child, yeah. please. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, Oh, what I've been through. Right. It's yes. Like, because once you it. walk through the portal and do the work, the work stays like, you now know how to reorient yourself to relationships. You now know how to expand. You now know how to neuronormalize. So when you lose your job or your house burns down, God forbid, right? Like, yeah, it still sucks, but like you did the work because you walked through the abortion portal or the abuse portal or whatever and you have those tools, those tools will not, they are a part of your identity now is to know how to manage that shit. <laughs> yeah. And you can help other people with them yeah. too, right. That are, yeah. that are going like, whether it's your children or other people in your life, because they'll right, like wh- when your house burns down, right. Or an earthquake or something devastating happens, you're able to, to be a, a source of strength, not yeah. just for yourself, yeah. but for other people um, around you. And I definitely think that was something, at least for me, that in the beginning of this journey of walking through my own portal, I was not able to see, like, I I was literally there. And also that resistance of like, I don't want to be the strength. I don't want to be the one who can help you through it. Cause I wish it never happened. Like that's okay too. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's okay. And it doesn't. And I think it's also as women, I'm not saying you sacrifice yourself. I'm not saying that you're like, there's like the saying that I love. That's like, you pour from the saucer. Yes. Right? I like, love that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we don't pour from the overflow yes. that you have in your own life. So like, yes. this doesn't mean, but I, I, the reason why I say that is I think that sometimes when it comes to bettering yourself or forgetting help, especially as women, sometimes doing it for ourselves can feel like, um, uncomfortable in the beginning, right. Mm -hmm, That turns mm -hmm. around. But so if you are able to walk through that portal, because you think about like your children or your future children, or like just sort of what you want to create for the world, if that helps be part of your compelling reason, 
then, then great. I know for yeah, me, it was totally. about thinking about the people that like, well, if I do this, right, yeah. then I'll at least be able to yeah. talk to my clients and say, Hey, I know that like, if you're a refugee or, you know what I mean? Like you've gone through these harrowing experiences in your life to be able to be like, Hey, mm-hmm. I understand what it's like. Like when you just feel like you were royally fucked by the world and it wasn't okay and it wasn't right. And that it, it, it should not have happened in whatever ways, but it did. And you're still here. Right. And so what do we want? How, how do we want to, how do we want to move through this? Like yeah. if, if you want to, you could live here for the rest of your life, but I don't yeah. think you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so good. Okay. We should wrap this up. If there's any one last thing you feel like you didn't say, go ahead and say it or, and, or share how people can find you again. I recommend Instagram, but <laughs> anyways, fun. Yeah. I try. I don't think there's, a, I didn't come in here with my agenda. So yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah, they can. So I am on Instagram at Courtney love Gavin. Mm-hmm. It's spelled exactly like the way that it is sound that sounds. That's the best place to see me. I have a podcast called pretty, pretty podcast. And it, there, if there's more of me, I joke, I'm like, if you like my voice, the podcast, if you want to see my face, then there is, there is Instagram and awesome. yeah, I'm here for imposter syndrome and overcoming that adversity. Yeah. You have in your own life so we can dissolve it. But no, there is there anything that you think? No, no. I nope. I think we covered so much good stuff and am a thousand percent positive people have awesome takeaways. So so good. So good. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. Um I hate this this just feels like one of those where like I just want to keep talking, but but we will bring we it can to do a it. close yeah. and we can always, always come back. the future. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.